This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 596, Does Peak Happiness Really Come at $75,000 Per Year? by Mr. Money Mustache of MrMoneyMustache.com. And I'm Dan, your host and narrator here on the show, bringing you some of the best blogs on personal finance in podcast form. And today's post comes from Mr. Money Mustache, who is a regular contributor for the show. But before we get to his post, did you know that 80% of callers hang up when they reach a voicemail? Whether you're busy or on the go, Abby Connect's virtual receptionists delight and convert your business callers through the perfect mix of professionalism and charm. Missed calls mean missed business. So sign up for a free 14-day trial at abbyconnect.com finance. But for now, let's get to today's post and start optimizing your life. Does Peak Happiness Really Come at $75,000 Per Year? By Mr. Money Mustache of MrMoneyMustache.com There's quite a bit of interesting stuff circulating in the mainstream media these days on the topic of personal finance. You've got the whiny articles, where high-income people with terrible spending habits talk about the crushing cost of living these days and how we're the first generation that will never be able to retire. Wah, wah. We already made fun of those articles and the people they profile in an old MMM classic article. Then there's the debt angle. Consumer debt has been rising as a percentage of income for decades as increasing numbers of people are fooled into trading future freedom for current overspending. In the U.S., this debt escalation is temporarily on pause due to the after-effects of the great financial crash. But in other countries, including Canada, the party has continued. In fact, I recently participated in a CBC News interview along with two MMM readers where the reporters contrasted the modern debt-based lifestyle with the life of people on track to retire before they hit 40. Student loan debt has joined the fray, racking up at record levels as universities raise tuition at rates faster than general inflation. Meanwhile, economically uneducated students and parents select out-of-state and private schools with higher tuitions and live far from frugal lives during those four years, resulting in fairly large loan balances upon graduation. School debt has become a popular feature in U.S. media, to the point where my friend No More Harvard Debt has become a national TV personality just by making the effort to pay off his Harvard Business School debt at a reasonably quick pace, as opposed to stretching it out over decades like many people do while simultaneously buying cars, houses, and iPads for themselves. Joe from NMHD did the right thing by realizing that, duh, you pay off your debts first before buying additional stuff but the practice is so rare these days that you get to be on TV if you do it. Finally, there is the occasional counterpoint in the media where psychologists and other researchers pipe up and suggest that maybe we're all chasing the wrong dream and that just perhaps our goal should not be to earn the maximum possible income at all costs. Stories like these are always controversial because when you ask U.S. residents whether they would rather have more free time or more money, they always say more money. One of the concepts that pops up in these discussions is that peak happiness occurs at $75,000 per year. The basic idea is that studies and surveys show that households don't get noticeably happier when they exceed this threshold of earnings. And thus, we should all relax because $75,000 is a pretty attainable goal, much less than we thought we even needed to survive. The researchers are clearly onto something here. The hidden in plain view secret that once your needs are met, Buying extra stuff does not make you happier. But they're also missing a much bigger point. Where did that 75,000 number come from? What is it about that level that makes people happy? I believe it's a combination of two things. One, 
$75,000 per year puts you in the top third of household incomes nationwide, so you're better off than most people around you. And two, the survey participants were completely untrained in the art of mustachianism, so on average, they lead highly inefficient lives. Once you understand these two factors, you get a little aha moment. Because if some novice anti-mustachian off the street can achieve peak happiness at 75,000, an even remotely bad person should be able to do it easily with a fraction of that amount. Maintaining exactly the same level of material luxury, but avoiding debt and making purchases more consciously, like buying quality used items instead of new ones, not commuting to work in a pickup truck, doing occasional math before buying things, etc., can generally cut a person's annual expenditures by at least 50%, so we're down to 37500 Moving to the next level of avoiding unnecessary stuff in the first place, like owning one car and a bike instead of two cars, living close to where you work, and tinkering just a bit with minimalism, can probably cut 10 to 20 grand off that already reduced figure. So in other words, the $75,000 peak happiness number is a measure of social norms rather than the actual usefulness of that much money. If median income were lower, and especially consumer insatiability, the amount you need for peak happiness would be lower too. Therefore, the purpose of this blog is to allow you to fine-tune your own peak happiness number to whatever you need it to be, to allow you to heap on the added boost of complete financial independence. What is your own number? What's the ideal household spending budget that would allow you to be as happy as possible? It's worth thinking about on a regular basis. You just listened to the post titled, Does Peak Happiness Really Come at $75,000 Per Year? by Mr. Money Mustache of MrMoneyMustache.com. And thank you once again to Abby Connect Virtual Receptionists for sponsoring this podcast. Abby Connect is the leading live receptionist service, which helps your business screen, qualify, and convert incoming calls. Did you know that 80% of business callers don't leave a message when they reach a voicemail? And missed calls are missed opportunities. Abby Connect offers guaranteed and professional call answering at a fraction of the cost of a receptionist or assistant. The Abby Connect receptionists are trained specifically on your business and provide the perfect mixture of high-end call reception and cost efficiency. Businesses working with Abby Connect report great savings, higher revenue, and more time to focus on growing their company. Our listeners will receive a free 14-day trial and $95 off their first bill if they sign up at abbyconnect.com finance. That's abbyconnect.com finance. And we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. And that'll do it for the Monday edition of Optimal Finance Daily. Have a great start to your week and thank you so much for being here. I'll see you tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.